Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Hey, everyone. Thanks for jumping on today and listening to today's episode. Uh, very excited about the conversation we're going to have today with my guest. Um, she's doing some amazing things and really, really helps entrepreneurs just like I do. So it's a really symbiotic conversation that we're going to have. And as always, our show is sponsored in part by Powertexting.com. And Powertexting.com gives away a free vacation to one lucky listener of every episode. So definitely stay tuned for how to uh, register to win that vacation. Somebody always gets one, and uh, it's a, a wonderful opportunity, and a thank you to you all for listening. The premise of all of my podcasts is the lessons that you can learn from other entrepreneurs and what they've been through that you can learn. And one of the big focuses is always client attraction. The lifeblood of any business is client attraction. And we want to make sure that you can continue to grow your business and keep it going by continuing to add new clients. And that's my focus and the focus of my book that you can get at freebookfromadam.com. It's eight steps to implement in your business that don't cost any money in marketing or advertising to begin to attract clients now. So definitely... Um, take advantage of that. It's a really quick, easy read, and it's step-by-step, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Today's guest is a coach. She's the creative director of Spark Collaborative. Her mission is to guide spirited entrepreneurs to live up to their own greatness. And all of us as entrepreneurs have a desire. We have something that we're building, and sometimes we get caught up in business and don't live to our full potential. So we're going to learn a lot from today's guest. Lindsay Brunson, thanks for being here today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Adam. I'm very excited to be here, and I love conversations like this. So thank you for having me. You got it. I'm excited about just your path. Every entrepreneur has a different reason they get started, whether they were you know, selling lollipops in, in kindergarten to the other students or whether they found their, their calling later in life. What led you to start your own business that you've had for over 10 years now? <laughs> yes, thank you. So um, the business that I have now is not my first one. Um, and I think it's really interesting because, of course, the evolution and the lessons that we learn, um, even as we begin to dabble in entrepreneurship, I think that takes us in such interesting directions that as you kind of step back and reflect <laughs> later on, you're like, oh, wow, I can't, I can't believe that's all the stuff that happened. Um, but I – you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. I think that is, that's an area of my life that has always been a true identity for me. Um, but I really wasn't raised that way. I was actually raised to be a, a top-level student and to really follow the rules and to um, play within other people's structures. And it was really highly valued in our family to you know, take the, the normal steps of life, right? To go to college, to get the best grades, to get a good job and to move yourself up the ladder in that way. And that never resonated with me. And so it took, uh, it took me really a long time, I think, to fully embrace the, like, the vast unknown of being an entrepreneur. But I did start dabbling in creating businesses in my early 20s. Um, 
as I came to the conclusion that I really just couldn't hold a job. And I say that, like, it kind of makes me laugh thinking about it. I never got fired from jobs, but I just always hated having to be certain places at certain times on certain days and to really have my life dictated by people other than me. It always felt really limiting to me. And so ah, location I, and time freedom. <laughs> yes. And, you know, and I think the other thing too is I am driven by purpose. I'm a very creative person and I have this like deep need to go out and do something that I find meaningful in the world. And it never, I could never connect with someone else's purpose in the way that I really felt like I needed to. Does that make sense? No, it does because um, when, when you take a job and, and I've done the corporate thing and, and understand it well, you're following somebody else's purpose, but you're not always, it's not always ingrained in you. So when you find your own purpose, it allows you to find people that are like-minded that you can help, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that comes with a lot of trial and error as well, right? <laughs> so speaking of trial and error, what was the first business when you were in your early 20s that you said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do this? Yeah, so I think the first official business, because I did have some side hustles and things that I played around with. Um, I initially started in interior design, um, and that's what I went to school for. That's what I graduated my, I think, my second degree. Yeah, it was my second degree I had in interior design. And so it was always kind of within that space. Um, and so my first official business was as a, um, I would call it freelance at this point. I didn't think of it that way back then, but really as a freelance interior designer. Um, and what that turned into was my second business, which I started with my husband, um, which is an online, it was an e-commerce home furnishings and an e-design company, uh, which we ran for a couple of years. Okay, so, so you had your, you used the skill that you learned or, or that was probably part of you, design was is probably something you were born with, that creative side, and that transitioned you or you pivoted to the e-commerce side, taking advantage of, obviously, the opportunities that, that the Internet brings us to, to branch out and to touch more people. And then how did that lead you to working with entrepreneurs? Because in those businesses, you were probably working with day-to-day -day consumers. Where did the business mind come in working with business owners? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a pretty big shift. Um, so it was actually very organic. And the, the shortest version of the story is that, you know, my husband and I had this company for a couple of years. It was really, we really hustled our butts off and completely burned ourselves out. And when we got to the point where we decided not to have that business anymore, that we were going to close it down, I intended, I was just going to go back to doing one-on-one -on -one services as an interior designer. But what I had built with that company, my entire role in that business was I built the website, I did all the branding, I did all the marketing, I did social media, um, and that I, I prepared to settle that down and to move away from it. And people recognized that that was a skill set that I had developed that they wanted help with. So I actually had some people reach out to me um, when I announced that we were closing our company down and say, we love the brand that you created. We love what you've been doing. Can you help me do that for my business? And that is how I got started. Interesting. And, and one of the, um, 
the messages, the, the quotes that you sent that, that, that will be on the, on the show page that you guys all see, is that you coach entrepreneurs through their own process of discovering what does and doesn't work for them. And as coaches like you and I, that means something to us, but to the everyday person who's working in their business every day, how do you translate what it really means to step back and figure out what does and doesn't work when they're just so involved in their day-to-day -day business? Yeah, that's such a great question. I think it really is about, I think one of the, the biggest skills that we have as coaches is the perspective. Um, and so to be able to sit across the table, this is like a proverbial table from someone, and hear them talk about where they're challenged, what they're excited by, you know, what's not, what's clearly not working for them, but they can't quite articulate what that is. We see that from a different perspective. And so a lot of what I'm doing with people initially is just trying to draw out of them what's really going on. And it gives us those layers to kind of dig into um, and explore. And, and through coaching, we do that mostly with questions, right? So um, it's a lot about just like really listening, being really clear and present with someone, listening to what's going on with them, and then asking questions to help them clarify for themselves what they actually really do want to change. Because I think very often when we are in our business every day, we're very focused on the tasks. We're looking for the tactics. We're looking for solutions, like tangible solutions to problems that we have that we think as soon as we fix those things, we're golden, right? <laughs> and, right. And very often we're not actually addressing the core of some of the problems that we, that we keep bumping up against in our businesses. And, and I think that when you go from being a startup into really being an established and a growing business, you face a lot of the same problems. They just look different because you're at a different level now. And so like the deeper we can go in and like really address the, the fundamental problems, the easier it, it is. It becomes this lighter feeling for the entrepreneur to be able to continue to approach the challenges in their business from a different perspective. No, I, I love that you said perspective and I love that you said that a, a lot of businesses um, are focused on the tactics and if I do this one thing, everything will be better. And this is not a half-hour advertisement for coaching, although Lindsay and I obviously would, would love for you to reach out to us so we can help and support your business. But so many business owners are in that space where they, they're, they're overwhelmed or they've got delivery problems or they've got um, you know, human capital issues or they're, they're low on funding. Those are the individual things. But usually underneath, there's a bigger underlying situation that needs to be discovered, and bringing an outside perspective in can really help uncover that. How do you do that with your clients? Yeah, and, and I just want to say, too, I mean, coaching obviously isn't the only way <laughs> to be able to get perspective. I think the first thing is recognizing, too, that we need perspective. We need that outside help because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially I work with a lot of creatives, and because they are their own source of inspiration and you know, generating ideas, they kind of feel like they have to do all this stuff on their own. And so I think it's really important for us to recognize as we go deeper and deeper into the life of being an entrepreneur, that we all thrive. We all do so much better when we surround ourselves with other people and other energies that help fuel us 
to uh, to move through the the challenges and the great moments, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. That's so so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I I took your I just completely went over your question. So your question was, how do I do that with clients? <laughs> But the, well, that was going to be the follow-up, right? Obviously, it's the what, and then that now the how. Yes. Um, so, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching is primarily where I sit down with clients, and what we're really looking to do first of all, because most of the clients that I'm working with are, they are currently burnt out with their business, or they are bored in their business, or they're hustling themselves into oblivion. And so they're rapidly moving toward burnout. And so the very first thing that we want to do is to move, step out of that space, step away from that circumstance, that state, and kind of recenter. And from that, um, and, and so what we're doing is we're kind of looking at the entire situation, right, and saying, like, here's, here's what's going on. Here's how you feel about it. Here's why you think it isn't working. And here's what you think you would like to do about it. And I think that's all really important for me to have um, an entrepreneur explain what it is that they see happening um, so that I can then either reinterpret or um, – or you know, mirror back to them what it is that they're saying because it helps them, again, get that clarity and really get in touch with what it is that they think is going on. Um, and then I think it, it really comes down to like, re-energizing. My goal is to get people back in touch with their sense of purpose. And a lot of times if you are, if you are burnt out, you're completely disconnected from your purpose. If you're bored, you're disconnected from your purpose. And if you're hustling, you think that you have a purpose, but you're working so dang hard that it, you're putting your purpose on the back burner and really just trying to like do all of the things that you think are going to get you closer to what you want. And none of those really ultimately work. And, and I think as soon as we really disconnect from that purpose, it doesn't fuel us to keep going. So that means then that any challenge that comes up could essentially like knock the entire thing over, right? And, and make us either quit or just, you know, emotionally give up. So getting reconnected. Yeah, go oh, ahead. Go ahead, go ahead please. No, I was just going to reintroduce you. We're talking to Leslie Brownson about how to kickstart your business and the things that you can do to find your purpose and perspective from the help of others. And, and, and you're talking about um, folks that have ongoing businesses. The business is good, but they're, they lost their passion. They lost their drive. And you can help reignite that fire. So when you're out there, those of you listening that, that feel that way, obviously you're, you're probably thinking, oh, all right, I need this. What do I what do, I do now? In, in your experience working with, with folks in this state, what's one thing they can do and that you can, you know, guide them to, to start to begin to get out of that state? That's a great question. So I really think that it always starts by giving ourselves some space from the situation. Um, and it's, it is almost like if you feel that the things you just have the general sense that it, things don't feel good. They're, they're not really doing what you want them to do. To be able to step back from that and recognize that bigger picture um, 
I think that's it's truly, I mean, people talk a lot these days about having a meditation practice or having self-care practices. And I don't necessarily advocate for any particular one because, again, my, my goal really is to help people figure out for themselves what makes the most sense. But there are the, the practices of really getting re-centered with yourself and asking the question, of like how do I how do I want to feel like what is what is not working for me right now and it not from a place where you have to go and fix it because I think that's very often what happens is that if if we as entrepreneurs we identify a problem we're doers right like we want to just jump in and take action and until we really get enough space from what we consider the problem to be to really say is that the problem and is taking these one, two, three actions or setting these three goals, is that actually going to help me solve my problem? Because very often it's not. And that's coming back again to the, the idea of tactics. A lot of clients, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, they think that generating leads or they think that marketing tactics are going to be the thing that, um, that solves their client issues. And sometimes it, there's certainly a place for tactics, right? But it comes out of that really clear, focused energy of you saying like, here's what I really believe my business is, is here to do and how I want to serve people. And these are the one or two or three ways that I can serve people at my greatest level. And then you can break it down and say, you know, if these are the three ways that I can serve people, what are the ways that I can let people know that's how I serve them? And so we just start to like kind of pull at the threads of what it means versus just saying like, I need to hire somebody to get me up on Pinterest or I need to redo my website. Um, and so those are some of the examples that I get very frequently because I am in the branding world as well. Um, but you know, entrepreneurs who just want to like pay money to fix things or work harder to fix things very often find that those things aren't working because they're not actually getting in touch with what really matters. That's it's interesting that you say that because what I'm hearing is that it's not always that the business is broken. People may have a really good business and be making really good money, but there's some something underlying that. They're looking for things to fix because maybe they lost the passion for it or maybe it's not as exciting as it used to be. It's not necessarily fixing the business. It sounds like a lot of what you can help with is really fixing underlying feelings to reignite the business or, for lack of a better term, make them feel better about the things that they're already doing and supporting clients with. Yeah, absolutely. And it is about feelings because feelings are what drive all of our behaviors. And we don't necessarily recognize that. Uh, we think, again, as entrepreneurs, we're doers. So we think that like, we take action, take action, take action without realizing that how we feel while we're taking action is actually what's going to drive the results that we're looking for. Um, yeah, I, I think that what for me what it comes down to the entrepreneurs that i work with are they're purpose-driven people they have created businesses because they want a specific kind of life because they identify as entrepreneurs because they care about serving the world in some way and the moment that they lose touch with that 
and start just going through the motions or um, start trying to do everything that they can think of to try to you know, make something that they consider broken better. Um, I think that, that is, that's the direct recipe for either burning out or just, like you said earlier, just not living up to your potential and your purpose in your business. So it really is about getting in touch with you and what matters to you and what your core um, strengths are. Like, you know, zone of genius is a very important piece for entrepreneurs to recognize because they don't start there. They usually start with their zone of excellence, right? They start by doing something they know they're good at that people will pay them for, but you get to a point where that is not good enough for you anymore. And if you can't really tap into what truly fuels you, what compels you to keep going, then it, you won't survive this world, I don't think, because we just can't sustain these mediocre feelings for our entire lives. That's so important for, for many small business owners. Just like folks out there, if, if you're just thinking about an, an opportunity and you're still in a job, we, we get tired of jobs and we switch companies. With entrepreneurs, it's no different, even though it's our passion, even though you know, it's our baby that we've created, sometimes it becomes a little tiresome. And Lindsay does work one-on-one -on -one and coaches businesses, but one thing that I think is great that she also does is she has online workshops with a small group of entrepreneurs who can not only learn from her, but find other people that are in the same situation that they are and they can learn from them, them as well. Lindsay, tell us a little bit about your online workshops and why do you do them and why do they work more importantly? Awesome, yeah. So the workshops, I call these business parties and I think that's a good place to start because my goal here really is to bring people together to work on their business, but in a fun and energizing way. Um, because I think many of us have, you know, we've gone through the exercises, we've worked on our demographics, uh, we've made our business plan, we've created a marketing calendar, you know, like we do all of the, the steps, but we're really not in touch with what is exciting and like truly lighting us up about it. And especially when it comes to marketing. So a lot of these workshops are kind of centered around branding and marketing. Um, but we also do workshops about productivity and time management. Um, we, I think I'm working on one around money mindset and bringing in some guest experts for that. Um, but it's really like, it's that energy again. It's, it's getting reconnected to what lights you up. And so I think it works because because business owners, in order to keep momentum, we've got to keep finding, like coming back to that center point of, of our purpose and our joy, right? And in a workshop setting like this, it's, it is a, it's a few hours of fun, and we walk away with something that is tangible that they can put into action right away. Um, and they get to meet people, like you said, who are in similar positions to them, because I think that that you know, who we surround ourselves is really very valuable as we continue forward as entrepreneurs. So true. And, and Napoleon Hill talked about the power of the mastermind and learn, and you take two people and it creates a third mind that, that is, is bigger, better, and, and more valuable. I just came back from a, um, an event in San Diego recently where it's 200 entrepreneurs learning from each other and, um, while that's great when you're in a small group of just a few people, you can really get connected with not only how you can be helped and, and what you want to learn, 
but you've probably got ideas that that you can help others with and Lindsay's there to to guide and to add value at the same time when when you do these workshops n none of them are ever going to be the same right one they're all individual but there are commonalities and there are things that you probably see from one workshop to the next what are some of the things that stand out when you bring entrepreneurs together that really help propel their business forward that's a great question yeah so I mean we do the workshops are they have similar themes so we run these a couple times a year um, so I think very frequently um, the entrepreneurs that are coming in are just like we said, they're really just feeling like things are okay, and maybe there's a little bit of guilt even around that. Like, I don't love what I'm doing right now, and I probably should because I worked really hard to get here, and you know, because X, Y, and Z are working okay, I should be grateful for that. And they're, they're just sort of feeling like there's a missing link. And I think one of the most powerful things is that when you get into a room, whether it's five people or 500 people, and people actually start opening up and sharing that, you start to realize that everybody has that element in some way. It's a very liberating experience to realize that you're not alone in how you think and that you're completely valid in wanting to improve some things and in being super proud of other things. And it's just a very supportive, um, energized kind of feeling to recognize that you're definitely not alone. You're not doing this by yourself. That's a really important point. Um, and b but before we get to, to, to the last portion where we talk about client attraction, I do want to, again, thank our sponsor, PowerTexting.com, and let you know how you can all register to win a free vacation. These are free vacations, 17 different location options. So you can go to Orlando or Puerto Vallarta or Cancun or um, Las Vegas or Bali. And if you go to podcasttrip.com, you can register to win, and one person who listens to the show will win a trip and, and love to hear the experiences around that. And so, Lindsay, getting back to um, your business and how you help folks, you talk about the marketing and branding side, and that leads to client attraction, which is, which is what I do for my clients, is help them attract clients. You know, what are some things that, that you do tactically to help people but also, what are some things that you do a little bit more strategically in order to help people attract clients into their business? Yeah, so one of my favorite phrases is called magnetizing, magnetizing your brand or magnetizing your business. And I like that word, magnetize, because it really is about attracting the people to you who are really going to benefit from what you do. Um, and so in branding, I believe the way that I have always defined branding is that it's the experience that someone has with you. And you won't be able to control all of the elements because it's actually we're talking about someone outside of you and what their perspective on the world is. But the, the goal really is to be as close and like intimate with that person as you possibly can, to understand them as well as you possibly can so that you know what is going on in their world and what, is, what they're thinking about and what they, like, what they really want and aren't telling people. Like for me, I mean, entrepreneurs are just starting to open up about the fact that most of us 
feel like there's something broken in our business. I think that's not something that has ever really been talked about before. We've always had this like necessary, you know, like my business is shiny and I really have all my stuff together. And we're just starting to get to this point where we can have a dialogue around the fact that we actually feel really insecure sometimes. And that's part of how I magnetize. That's how I attract people is because I start the conversations and create the space where people can really open up about what's happening and what they're not telling other people, but they feel safe to tell it to me and to our community. Um, and so I think that's one, it's a really important area is, is getting clear on your brand, but not your brand in terms of what does my logo look like and what's on my website and what, what's my color palette, but really getting clear on who am I serving and what is going on inside of their world, inside of their head, and how can I help them get what they need out of this experience with me. And that comes in so many different forms. Um, you know, even like customer service or for, for local businesses. I think even down to like, what does the bathroom look like in an establishment? What is, you know, what's the, the, the feeling, the energy? How does it smell when you walk in the front door? And there's things like that where as soon as we can dive deeper than most other businesses are willing to go and really understand who our people are and what they need from us, that's where we start to really magnetize and, and bring the people to us who need what we have. That's so profound in that there is a reason that people like you, love you, come to you, buy from you, especially buy from you again and again. And many businesses can, can forget that because they've got their, their service or their widget that they sell, and, and they're very focused on making a very good widget, but sometimes lose sight of why it is that people buy those widgets. Um, really quick story, and then, then I want you to, to talk a little bit about how others can do the same type of thing. But my wife and I used to go to the Mandarin Oriental in Las Vegas, which is now a Waldorf Astoria, and it's not the same. But when... It was the Mandarin. It had the greatest service ever. But one of the things special that they really did for us is my wife likes to drink Voss water. Maybe it's the glass bottles and they're pretty, I don't know. But she's very particular about her water. And she called down to the front desk and said, do you have Voss? And they said, no, we don't, but we'll get you some. And next thing you know, they bring us up, you know, six bottles of Voss that probably cost us like six bucks a piece. And she was happy she got the water that she wanted. The next time we went back, probably six months later, there was Voss water in our room. So they had made a note. They knew what made her excited about her vacation stay at their hotel, and they provided it for us. And that took a like for this hotel to an absolute love. We wouldn't stay anywhere else anytime we went to Las Vegas. So knowing that, and, and in the work that you do with clients, not only on branding, but on really understanding what are things that people can look for or learn about why people buy from them that, that you can help guide them on, sort of like that Boss Water story? Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. I love that. That's so good. Um, yeah, so I think one thing that gets talked about so often is this idea of scaling and scaling up and going broad and growing. And um, there's a lot of <clears throat> like a lot of desire and sort of urgency, I think, for business owners to, to scale up and reach more people. And I think one of the best things that you can really do is to scale down as you're figuring out 
how to surprise and delight your customer, um, to really have like one particular person in mind. And I, and I love your story because that was an example where they clearly, um, the management there, they have a, a policy in place, like for, for lack of a better term, they have a policy in place that they are going to serve their people in the way that their people want to be served. Because we can't always guess what our people need or want from us. But when somebody reaches out to you and tells you, I want this, and you have the willingness to go out and get it for them, and you know, of course this is all, all relative, right, to like what's actually feasible and, and what we can afford to do. Um, but scaling down and then listening as best as you possibly can to what people are telling you because your customers will always tell you what they want if you're paying attention and it's and sometimes it's in the form of you know the way that people leave comments on social media or the like the things that they respond to or i when i send out a particular um, email newsletter and i get three comments back within 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, I'm listening. And so then I'm like really paying attention and looking for what it is, like what the commonalities are. Is it because, again, in my own example, is it because people are feeling seen and heard? And I think fundamentally that is what, as humans, that's what we all want is to be seen and heard. Um, but just, you know, listening and being laser focused on that one person and not worrying about scaling. Don't scale until you have completely nailed it with one particular person. And of course, one particular person can be 10 and can be 100 and can be 5,000 people, right? But you've got to nail it with that one person first. And you do that by, by really being willing to listen to what it is that they're telling you they want. That's so great. And, and you can connect with Lindsay and learn more about what she does at sparkcollaborative.com. Or if you want to be more interactive with her, she does have her own podcast called Spark and Victory where she talks about exactly what we're talking about here. Getting that perspective, finding that spark that got you to start your business to reignite what you're doing there. So definitely contact Lindsay and, and learn more about her because she's got so much to teach business owners like all of us on what we can do to reignite that spark. And before we wrap up, I want to circle back to something you just said about being seen and heard is that all business owners have a, an idea, they've got a passion, they've got a service or a widget, and they think they know their customer. And you do a workshop on ideal customer, but how can people connect with that customer? I mean, it's great to know that they want to be seen and heard, but how do they do that? How do they connect with their ideal client to make sure it's right and to understand why that person is the one they should serve? Yeah, I, that's such a great question. And I do think that it's, there's infinite answers probably to it because um, it depends on your industry, it depends on your customer, but we have so much access, direct access to our people these days through social media and running like really informal polls. Um, I think direct outreach, direct connection is always 
it's going to continue to be the winner. So a lot of what I've seen recently has been um, like for people who buy a product or subscribe to a newsletter, um, you send them a quick video message and say, you know, thank you so much for, uh, for purchasing this. You say their name, obviously, and you, like, you actually make an effort. It only takes a small amount of your time, but it, that can turn a customer into a lifelong raving fan. And so anything that we can do like that that has the personal touch or even just an email back, um, I think, again, like in this idea of scaling versus not scaling, like try to start with things that don't scale. And, you know, you may not have this problem five years from now, or I should say you may have the problem five years from now that you simply don't have the resources to do stuff like that. But if you are earlier in your business, if you have a smaller pool of people, you absolutely have the resources to give people this direct access to you and to ask them thoughtful questions. And if you can't ask them thoughtful questions directly, ask them thoughtful questions in an Instagram poll or in a Facebook poll. Um, or ask people to respond back to the newsletters you send out. Um, and, you know, to just like move away from this idea that everything needs to be automated and systematized and, you know, treating your, your customers like they are, you know, numbers in your sales funnel is just not the way to truly build this magnetic kind of brand. And it doesn't feel as good either. I think that's a great way to wrap up, to ask your customers how they want to be treated, how they want to be served, and utilize that in your business. Lindsay, I really appreciate you taking the time, just giving thoughts. There was a lot of information in there for the listeners and for small business owners on things that they can do to reignite and to spark their love for their business. So thank you for your knowledge. Thank you for the opportunity to be on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Adam. This was so much fun. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I've loved it. And thanks, everyone, for listening. As always, really appreciate your support in listening to the podcast and learning new things on the Entrepreneur's MBA. Thanks, everyone. Until next time. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.